1: interview someone that I've always looked up to in more ways than one, both Chad Lewis and his wife, Michelle. Now, Chad grew up in Orem, uh, played football and ran track at Orem High School. Chad served a mission in Taiwan, speaks Mandarin uh, still very well today. In fact, he reads the Book of Mormon in Mandarin as often as he can. He walked onto the BYU uh, football program After his mission, and then as a junior, he makes first-team all-whack. He started all four years at BYU as a tight end. He was also a three-time academic all-whack and academic all-American in 86. Michelle, his wife, known as Michelle Fellows when she was a BYU student, two-time all-American volleyball player at BYU, even played on the U.S. Olympic volleyball team. Uh, What a powerful couple athletically, and I know they passed some of that down to their children. Chad signed with the Philadelphia Eagles in 1997 as an undrafted free agent. Uh, In 2002, the NFL sent Chad to Taiwan, Singapore, and Thailand to promote the NFL. Chad's the only NFL player ever to speak Mandarin. He even was a play-by-play commentator uh, to broadcast the Super Bowl uh, to parts of China. The Lewises have seven children. They have two grandchildren, one on the way and we are just so excited that this busy family would take the time to be with us today and to talk about some of the most important things in their life. Well guys, are you ready to start? I know your time is valuable.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Michelle, thank you for being here too. That makes it even better. Cuz we're going to sure. talk about, we're going to talk about some family things, you know, today and and I'm just so grateful you guys would will be willing to do it. So, Michelle, I thought it'd be great to start with you and just have you tell you tell us, introduce your family to us. Tell us a little a little bit about your family, their ages, where they are, and all that fun stuff.
2: Okay, we have seven children. Emily is our oldest, and Sarah is second. There are two daughters. We have two, uh, five sons. And so Emily and Sarah are both married, each with a baby. And so two grandbabies with one on the way. Emily's pregnant, her and Matt. Are expecting their second daughter in June. Then our son Jake just recently got engaged a couple weeks ago and uh, excited for him. Him and Kiera Gunnell are getting married in June. And then uh, Jeff is on a mission in the Philippines and Max is a junior at Orm High. And then our twin boys are living their best life up skiing right now and (laughs) they're eighth graders.
1: So awesome. And they're, they're retired, right? They're almost retired at this point, right? If they're skiing at or at two thirty in the afternoon on a <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
2: That's
1: right. I mean, that is the life that we're all hoping for. So that's super. That's, that's the American dream, right there, especially with this <laughs> snow for them. Yeah, and you guys. So Todd and Megan are in our stake. Wonderful, wonderful people. And uh, wow, the Lewises are. That's a strong group, isn't it? So wonderful. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're
1: sweet. So, so Chad and Michelle, you both grew up as athletes. In fact, I was doing a little research on this about ten years ago, starting to inter- uh, to interview some of the young men in my classes that were on the BYU football team and played in other places, asking them the question of how did sports, you know, shape your life in terms of just some of the leadership lessons, some of the life lessons, and that could be a whole book, that could be a, a two-hour video, but from from both of you, and and then you're raising children and, and they're involved in athletics, but what would you say would be a, one or two valuable lessons that that taught you maybe at the, even the high school level or even at the college level?
0: Great question. I think I'll have Michelle go first and then... Uh...
2: Yeah, I think uh, there's so many valuable lessons that come from playing on a team in sports. Um, everything from how 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 to handle your emotions, winning, losing, um, being a good sport, being respectful, working hard, uh, and now that our our seven kids have all gone through sports and athletics and dealing with coaches and teammates, and I'm even more a believer in just and it doesn't have to be sports. Just being a part of something where you're you're needed, you're wanted, um, you're on a team. You have to learn how to communicate with people, um, talk to them and figure out, you know, how to work well together as a team. I think even in in the business world, businesses are realizing that teamwork is way better than individual work. So um, I think there's so many lessons that come and, and we're, we're thankful and, and maybe one of the biggest ones is just how to be unselfish. There's yeah. just uh, such an important part of life is, learning how to give and learning how to help others and serve others and not just, uh, reflecting on yourself all the time. And, um, my, one of my least favorite words is selfies. Selfie. (laughs) Uh, I I I didn't have that word when we were kids, did we? (laughs) But I'm like, man, (laughs) selfie, like that's just, uh, but it's, it's okay. It's just, we, uh, as a culture, as a society need to be careful. as I think the world wants us to become more and more selfish, it's more and more important to become unselfish. And being in athletics, it teaches you that, it teaches a lot of humility. It's good for us. What do you think? Okay. Yeah,
0: I'd say the same thing. Like, uh, it's all people. The best part about sports is people your coaches, your teammates, um, the support you have from your family and friends. Um, the intensity of the sport is like you're, you're, you're doing everything, hard work, preparation, goal setting, more hard work, and then figuring out how the game works and then figuring out how to be successful. But it's surrounded by people. And that's what makes it fun. Like, uh, no one wants to win in a vacuum. You want to, you want to perform in front of your people you love and right. you, you go through it together. You tie each other's faith together. It's, um, so it's totally people, family. It's all part
1: of it. I'm sure for both of you that you still keep in contact with so many of the people that you played with back in the, and that that's becoming 20 plus, what, close to 30 years ago now. Yeah. Those people are still such a part of your life. I'm sure. Yeah. Teammates we recently
2: had a uh, Chad's teammate, Jeremiah Trotter's wife, pass away of cancer just a few weeks ago. And it was, um, one of, one of David Aker's wife, Erica Aker's that reached out to all of us wives and said, Hey, that's, let's plant a tree in the Trotter's yard yeah like that you know just people are good and we to all connect again even though it was over the loss of our our good friend
1: um it was it's just a great community that's a it's a network and it's a it's this cohesion and this uh the the it feels like you see each other 20 or 30 years later right and it's if you've never left each other i know that's incredible so yeah thank thank you for sharing that. So. You guys have seven children you have two almost three grandchildren and a question for you is what have you done you know what do you feel as in parents in terms of as parents in terms of being intentional you know to some degree to say okay this is kind of what we believe as parents these are our you know i always believe that parents should have beliefs about parenting you know that this is kind of the guide this is the this is the plan that we're going to follow if you guys could identify maybe a few of your Parenting beliefs, meaning here's some things that we've thought of that we want to make sure that we either taught or practice in our family because we thought they were so valuable. I think one of
0: the things that's helped us is reading the Book of Mormon together. Uh, we try and do it every day. We've always done that. There's definitely going to be days and times that you miss or you go to sleep or you got ball games, and we don't worry about that. We just try and do it as much as we possibly can. And right. the strength that that brings into our family is. Number one, it's reading the scriptures together. And so we're learning together and we're feeling God's word together. There's so much power in that. Number two, we're just together. And then number three, we're able to calendar and we're all right there so we can talk about what's coming up. What do we have to look forward to? Um, Any warnings or promptings that we have as parents, it's a perfect time to say, here's something we've been thinking about. Here's something you guys can look out for. And I would say that has been a golden time for us. More than like, back in the day, it was like dinner time. Well, it's hard to always get together for dinner time with
1: right. sports
0: and school and whatever. So
1: that's been our time that we're together. That's awesome. Great practice. Michelle, any any addition to that?
2: Yeah, I think a constant desire for our family, you know, especially Chad and I, as we lead our family, to be doing what God wants us to be doing. And so that applies every weekday, every weekend. You know what what is God's will for us? And we have plenty of fun. We we do a lot with uh, friends and and family, but we also intentionally think about what what does God want us to be doing. And so when we've had a long day, we we like to read scriptures with our kids at night. But when we've had a long day, we've had a lot of fun, or we've been a lot of ball games or what. It takes five minutes if you if you want. You know, it can take 30, but to just pull out the scriptures and read and then always have a prayer. And we have a tradition of, of hugging each other after we pray. And so even when friends are over, anyone, you know, they know that they're going to get a hug from Chad <laughs> and Michelle <laughs> after prayer. And That's awesome. Just, yeah, it's a way to connect. And um, always just remember that we have each other. We're a family. And to Always know that God is first in our lives.
1: I think that's so great. That's, you know, we raised our children in in the Dallas area for the most part. They had early morning seminary, and as they got older, they would say, "Wait, why do we have to have family scripture study? We're going to seminary in ten minutes." <laughs> right. It was always like, "Guess what? Your seminary teacher doesn't know what you're, what, where you need help, and uh, yeah. what we need to focus on." We, as parents, we kind of we know that, and. And so, yes, let's keep going anyway. So that what so those true. are great. So great what you guys are have emphasized. I'm sure there was a work ethic that was taught in the in the Lewis home and but also combined with some fun is what I sense, yeah, there's a lot of fun.
0: There's always <laughs> that's that's part of sports. Is there's always fun. And with sports are no fun, if you're always getting beat. And so right. It's that's uh, the reminder in and of itself to, you got to work hard. You got to prepare and um, it's not easy. That's okay. But we can even do it together or we can support you or we can talk you through it. But every, every sport or every, anything's going to have its hard times, but can't curl up in a ball and cry. You got to (laughs) go do it. I
2: I credit Chad's mission president. We have a saying that Chad says every springtime when the, The yard needs to start getting taken care of again. He tells Mike our kids about President Watson saying, "When it's too hot for missionaries everywhere else, it's just right for Taiwan." And and it's an analogy of like, "Hey, nothing's too hard for us. Let's go clean up the yard. Let's go help someone's, you know, a neighbor in need. Let's. There's no work that is too hard or not important." And Um, he, he just uses that phrase all the time when it's too hot for everyone else. It's just right for us. Let's go work.
1: Wow. That's so awesome. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. I love it. What a great quote from a great mission president. Yeah. So this one, this next question may kind of line up with what you just shared, but I know that to like most families, you guys have been busy, right? You've had all your children, you've had busy responsibilities with work, with church, with other, with other things. And so, if there's a way to keep your family connected would it still be Book of Mormon you know are there other things that you would add to say okay look with all of our busyness with us running around uh, to all these activities how do we stay connected and close as a family even now that you have married children right that live that live far away how do you stay connected how do the Lewises do it <laughs> probably trying just like everyone
0: else is uh, yeah put together a Put together a group chat and put our family on it. So anything going on with the family, you know, we blast it out to each other. And uh, if there's things we need to be aware of, then it's an easy way. If there's something private, people can just, you know, we can text each other. But pretty cool uh, technology that, you know, instantly you can send messages to your family. You know, think back in the day, you had to sit down, write a letter, go <laughs> to the mailbox, send it across the country, and now it's
1: just zip nice. right so you're using that technology for sure anything else michelle
2: i would say our sunday dinners we're open door every sunday come over and, and eat with us whether we're having pancakes or a nice roasted potatoes there's going to be something <laughs> so it's a great way for us to connect of course we're lucky because we live right here near byu where our, our children are in school or working and and so our all of our adult kids come over on sundays and we are able to communicate and and talk and find out what's going on in their week. And um, I, I enjoy that. It's a favorite time of the week for me is to just reconnect with all of our kids. And and of course our younger kids that are still in the home love it when their older kids come and if they're, if, if Jake our oldest boy says something to the younger boys, it's gospel compared to mom or dad saying it like, right. we're a little bit down now for, for them. It's it's those older siblings that have such a great influence on they our They carry
1: lives. all the authority, don't they? They do. It's amazing. <laughs> well, here's a here's another thought. You know, we live in this day where people, you know, it's so easy to receive answers and obtain answers on, online. And one of the things we've lost, I think, in our culture is having mentors and people that we could look up to. You know, I remember mo- moving into our Mesa, Arizona ward years ago, and uh, fresh out of BYU, and just there were so many strong families that we could just look to. We've kind of had that everywhere we've lived, there have been someone that we could look at, and uh, I know that you all have had some of those in your life, too. Who would you say have been some of those mentors that have helped you in terms of family and faith, you know, that you've just, when you were younger, because I think you guys are at the spot now where people are looking at you for that. But when you were younger, who were you looking to and what did you see?
0: Definitely coaches along the way. We've had some incredible coaches from high school, you know, and uh, certainly after my mission, my my two mission presidents have been valuable for both of us. We've met with them multiple times about all sorts of stuff, you know, going through life. And then as we've gotten older, just our our parents have always been the most solid and people we talk to the most. From Tom Homo, who I work with, to Fraser Bullock, to like there, there's so many people that we we value their wisdom, their perspective, their friendship, and um, it's been great for us to talk to to so many. I mean, uh,
2: Via Callista Kehema were our mentors uh, when we first left BYU. Um, Chad wasn't drafted, and so he had a few different universe or uh, pro teams choosing or wanting him. And he chose the Eagles not because of Vian Keala, but because Ty Dever was there and he knew that Ty throws to the tight end and they were, had some tight end uh, holes there. So we went there, and little did we know that the biggest blessing that came out of that for us was Vian Kiala They We lived near them. He was our bishop. He'd been in the pros for several years, so he knew exactly the environment we were stepping into, way different than BYU. And yeah. uh, it was valuable for us. They had family family home evening every Monday night. And that meant him going into Philly to work, do the nighttime news, come back, have family night, and then go back and do the 11 o'clock show. And they always invited us to come and have a lesson and read and pray with them. And um, Keala is a, an amazing cook. And she had us over for dinner probably more times than I even cooked at home.
1: <laughs> and
2: they were um, such great examples because they knew what we were going going through. They'd been through it. And their testimonies in the gospel were so valiant. And it helped us to, as our kids were just being born and just, you know, just in the young stages to start having our scripture family, family night. I mean, we've kind of had it, but to see them have such an influence on their kids. We wanted that.
0: That would be remarkable if it was a couple months, or even a year. Right. It was eight years of our life. <laughs> they were, they were right there with us, helping us raise our kids, give us an example through through uh, how to live the gospel in such a crazy world as the NFL. Their their influence on us as a couple, as a family, is. Just I can't put uh, a value oh, on it. Yeah, it's impossible. Valuable.
1: Right. So just runs
0: deep. That's that's family. That's like it's incredible.
1: Well, we love them as well. They're they're great friends, and uh if you can get Vi singing 80s songs, you you can't stop <laughs> him. Right. Once he goes there, it's it's over.
2: He can't just <laughs> sing. He'll be
1: dancing too. <laughs> oh yeah, he's dancing all the way. So. So That's one of the best parts
0: about him is he's authentic. He's just genuine dude. He's doesn't try and pretend to be anyone. He's not. He's a, he's a general authority now. And he still is able to share his enthusiasm for life, his love for people, his love for Christ um, in, in the same way. Very inspiring.
1: I we, That may be my favorite thing about him is just that very thing. I thought I don't know if there's many members of the Quorum of the Seventy out here today playing nine square and dancing to Earth, Wind, and Fire, but, <laughs> we, but we love that. And, <laughs> and if you
0: need someone to knock someone out, Vi Sikahema can do it. So. It'd be
1: a good one to call, you know. <laughs> we were, my wife and I were in Hawaii a couple of weeks ago at a conference, and Cap Sikahema was there because Vi's sister was speaking at the conference that we were, we were at. And Cap uh, gave a great line. He said, you know, I've tasted... Vise uppercut a couple of times (laughs) we knew exactly what he meant one thing that was one thing
0: that was rare in this uh the, the fact that we were in the nfl is rare right and the fact that our head coach was a member of the church is exceedingly rare there's one there's one one head coach that's a member of the church and he also happens to be one of the best coaches in the history of the game so oh, nice. he's he's won two now as a coach he won one as assistant he's been to
1: three more um super Bowls right yeah Super
0: Bowl I mean just uh and then his personal friendship with us was was beyond the game and it has remained beyond the game since I, I finished my last season was two thousand five and I would say we've gotten closer through these years than even when I was playing and I was with him every day for seem like countless
1: hours during the day so We're
2: talking about andy reid in case people out there yeah. don't know who yeah
1: about. <laughs> oh no this is this is great this you're leading me right where i want to go for a minute i so let's let's open another window and hold that thought that you're as you talk about andy reid and uh michelle you're you're watching chad serve as a stake president right now how would you describe his leadership style
2: oh passionate <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's uh, not surprising.
2: Everyone, everyone that knows Chad, he's passionate. He's passionate about the Book of Mormon. He's passionate about our Savior and His Atonement and the love that He has for us. And as He serves, I think His desire is to feel of that love that the Savior has for all of our stake members, and and just help them along the way and help them in any any way they can. Uh, um, their chad's big push is reading the book of mormon and it's been fun to see even down my little 12 year old girls that i get to work with they're reading the book of mormon and they're loving it and it's um it's really really cool to see
1: it's rewarding to to see that influence and to and to walk in the homes of your stake members and to see see them doing that right or in their classes or right that's super cool So, Michelle, do you see any of Andy Reid or Lavelle Edwards in your husband in terms of leadership style? Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: I would say so, for sure. I mean, they gave him such good examples of just loving people. Everyone from the janitor to the star quarterback. I mean, both of those men treated the janitor the same way they treated their star quarterback. And to me, that is a characteristic of christ is every single person out out there is a child of god and matters and it doesn't matter the, the worldly things that you're doing it matters that you're a child of god and so everyone is important
0: here's something remarkable i finished uh, my mission in taiwan um heavily inspired and impressed by my mission president I come home, and there's no drop-off. I go to LaBelle Edwards, and it's like one of the best guys ever who didn't wear his religion on his sleeve. He didn't shove it in your face. He lived it. He breathed it. It was was what came out of his heart. It's who he was. Um, And he was that way as a coach. He was that way as a person. Another guy that's like just authentic, genuine, just as good as they come.
1: Chad, how did he affect you as a leader? You know, as you've had these leadership opportunities, what, what from Lavelle has trickled down in your life? He,
0: well, I don't know what's trickled down in my life, but I'll <laughs> say what was amazing about him. He he, what, he, would never get flustered. Nothing could fluster him. Andy Reid was similar. Uh, just could not get bothered by stuff. He just, he kept his eyes on the prize. He was extremely steady. Um as a leader he was he was slow to make a decision meaning he looked at things carefully and with wisdom and when he would make a decision it was like sound and you wanted to follow him but he wasn't you know quickly making you know rash decisions and you know deciding one day to do something and the next day to switch it up he was just super calm very steady um he, he was he was just so good and what yeah. was cool he and patty they were a package deal lavelle and patty were sunny and share. it was peanut butter jelly it was <laughs> lavelle and patty. they were always together they were one in heart one in mind they were they were great lifters they're great builders of people um lavelle didn't care if you were a, a punk on the football team he still really cared about you right he wanted you to improve he wanted you to make good decisions in your life, but he, he did not, he was not capable of judging someone with, uh, with, with bad intent. Sure. He was amazing.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure he had a great impact on Andy. I mean, I know a little bit about that story of him saying to Andy Reed, you know, what you should really do is be a coach. And it feels like Andy and Lavelle are just cut out of the same cloth in so many ways. All, all those personal qualities of relationships first and, uh, and then taking interest, I, I have an article that I cut out uh, of the paper years ago, a few years ago, after Lavelle passed away, where Andy Reid said, this will be the first uh, week in my life in the last 30 or 40 years that I won't receive a call from Lavelle Edwards. And and, and like Lavelle, it sounds like, Chad, from what you've just shared, that that Andy keeps, you and Andy, you, you keep that relationship going years later, and yeah, Andy stays in touch and just keeps <clears throat> connected with people.
0: Yeah. I'm really grateful for that. You know, look how busy he is and what he's got on his plate, but he's still willing to talk and text and call and he's always available.
1: Yeah. Well, I've heard you say that that you had the two greatest coaches ever in college and in in the pros. And I, I would believe that just, those are just such great men. Yeah. Uh, Chad and Michelle, how, you know, this is a this is a question that I I wonder a lot about for all of us, but as a as a church right now, we we know that there's pressure, there's chaos, there's we live in this world of uncertainty. What do you feel that that you are doing in your stake to strengthen and fortify people? Would you say that it goes back to the Book of Mormon? Or are there other things that you're encouraging your stake members to do to navigate their way through this world that we're living in today?
0: Yeah, my, my one emphasis of focus is read the Book of Mormon every day. Whether you're old person, young person, new member, old member, uh, the Book of Mormon is what it says it is. It's another testament of Jesus Christ. So when we read the pages of the Book of Mormon, we're influenced by Christ and his spirit. We're in, influenced by his words. We, we can see people's lives who had their ups and downs, similar to ours, who had families, who had... Kids that were good, kids that were bad. And what was Christ telling them to help them raise their family? Because it's, mm-hmm. why would that change? That's something that should be consistent through eternity. And it is. And so when we read the Book of Mormon, we have we have that gift in our lives. It helps us with, it. it helps us in every single way. So if there's one thing to help us come closer to Christ, it's that, reading his words. If there's one thing that would help us to get to the temple, it's that, to have his influence in our life. It is what people ask all the time. Well, What's different about your church and all the other churches? It's the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon, the veracity of the Book of Mormon is what testifies that the restoration is true. That Joseph Smith is a prophet. Whether people want to believe that or not. Once they start figuring it out, studying it for themselves, reading and praying for themselves, they're going to have their own answer from, not from me, from the Holy Ghost. And that's what gives power. That's gas in the engine that will <laughs> last forever.
1: Totally true. Love that. Love that. Michelle, anything else as you've watched your husband serve? Anything else that you see that, that state presidency focusing on?
2: Um, yeah, well, it's, it's been six months, so they're still pretty. <laughs> pretty, 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 <laughs> I'll say pretty that, the youth, the for you. One thing I love seeing, and I think it helps probably every family of state presidency members is he comes home from his meetings on fire. He's so pumped about life and the gospel and, and to see people, you know, making changes and to see the service that people give, you know, it, we're all in this, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints doesn't have paid clergy. No one's being paid. Everyone from young women leaders to primary teachers to bishops and state presidents, we're just serving. And to see, for him to see people just serve and love, it just fires him up so much. And, And when he comes home from whatever meetings he's been at, he's pumped like his energy level is super high so i i have loved that part of this calling
1: well i love that too and i i i serve in a similar calling and i would agree i think those i'll come home from those meetings like uh, last night at 10 o'clock and i can't even sleep right it's like i've got to eat like three bowls of cereal and calm down <laughs> it's gonna take me a while to come off the ledge but they're those yeah. meetings are inspiring that's for sure Last question, guys, today, and it kind of, I th- you're always one step ahead of me. This is incredible, but I want to know from both of you, and Michelle, we can start with you, but how do you keep positive and hopeful and optimistic and so full of faith in the world that we live? Because it radiates from both of you. What do you do? How do you do that, guys?
2: I just do what Christ asked
1: me to do. I just follow him.
2: Honestly, yeah. I if I get weighed down, I mean, there is so much junk in the world. I feel like especially now it's for sure the last days I'm excited for Christ to come again. I will welcome it as soon as possible, (laughs) but that's the thing is that he is the end result and we know that outcome. If we follow him, if we turn to him and that's all it takes, it doesn't matter if you're state president family or you're just getting baptized into the church, just just looking and turning to him. And then when problems come up, he asks us to let him help us. And we can literally just say, okay, God help me. I need your help and turn it to him. And to me, it, it takes a load off all the stresses and worries. I, I know that I'm okay.
1: If I just lean on him. Oh, that's so well said, Michelle. Thank you, Chad.
0: Same thing. Um, yeah. Christ is the example. I see President Nelson at 97, 98 years old standing up with total optimism. Uh, he He knows what's coming in the future. He knows the good times and the bad times, and he focuses on the good times. He helps guard us against the bad times. And just to see good coaches, prophets, church leaders focus on the positive and let their light shine, even in a world that's There's so much crap out there. Like Michelle said, it's, um, there's, there's a million addictions. There's a million paths that go go off of the straight and narrow path, but Christ is trying to let us know, Hey, this simple little path right here, there's a lot of joy and joy is all about family. It's all about for us. It's our kids posterity. It's like, there's so much joy in that. No wonder Satan would do anything he can to stop families by any number of those paths, and um, I, I just think there's there's so much there. My my favorite scripture is uh, Christ when He says, "Let your light shine." Yeah. That people may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So, what does that mean to let your light shine? Does it mean to put on a fake smile every day? And, be a plastic weird robot no it means like let your light shine let your let your happiness come out of you let your use the talents that i've given you use your gifts um lift other people that's to me that's what it means let your light shine
1: i love that thank you guys i you know and and as i think about that question i just think it, it all boils down to what you choose to focus on you know and And there's a lot of bad that we could focus on today, but there's so many good things. I I still read President Nelson saying that we're going to see miracles like we've never seen ever, you know, since the times of the Savior. And it's it's an incredible time to live. Um, I share with a lot of people that I still believe that we can live in this day and be happy and have joy and smile and laugh a lot. Uh, There's a lot to be grateful for. And uh, once again, that enthusiasm radiates from both of you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you for taking the time today to, to, to do this with me. So this has been wonderful. Yeah, you're welcome. Appreciate you guys.